welcome to the Bundesliga show. This is episode 23. Um, and you may notice that we're man light. We are one Gav Mac short of a full gang, but it's okay because myself, Devo, is here. And of course, the main man, Florian, is in the house. How are you, Florian? I'm fine. As, as you say today, we are one Gav Mac short. Usually, we have one short Gav Mac. So. <laughs> I was gonna let you make that. Well, thanks always, yeah. make <laughs> but if you've ever met Gav Mac, he is quite short, so um, it's factual. So we can't really uh, say too much on that. But Gav Mac will be back next week. I believe he's out getting drunk somewhere, enjoying his life as he should. We are not jealous in any way, shape, or form. But the show must go on, and we are here. Uh, I just want to make a quick uh, shout out to all Man United fans. Um, who are going through hard times at the moment. We're going to talk about German football, but um, Florian is actually a, a Liverpool fan. That's his English team. So it would feel a little bit um, like a missed opportunity if I didn't get your thoughts on that game first. Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I watched it on my phone. I was like, okay, I had to ticker till halftime, 1-0. Good game. They're on... Liverpool's back on track, sounds good. And all of, all of a sudden it was 3 0, 4 0. And then I had to went to dinner with the in laws. And out of the same dinner table, I was like, no way. And the whole restaurant was looking at me. <laughs> well, my girlfriend didn't like that as much as I did, but uh, <laughs> you, can't uh, well, you can't help yourself when history is in the making. Exactly. But as I said, we won't dwell on, on the Premier League. We are here to talk about our Bundesliga. And um, before we get into that, at the bottom of your screen, you'll see a little bit of information rolling across the screen. If you are listening to this on the podcast, you will not see this, but I will read it out to you now. Subscribe to us on YouTube, www.youtube.com forward slash Mad Sports Network. Um, if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and do that. It does help us out massively. Also hit the notification bell so you can be kept up to date with as and when we are putting out new videos mainly Monday nights at 10 p.m. That's when the Bundesliga show is on. But you can also find us on your uh, podcast providing platforms, any of them, Apple Music, we're on there. We are also on Spotify. Please go ahead and follow us on those platforms. But let's get into it now and let's talk about uh, episode 23. So it's game week 23. Um, let's start at the top of the table and let's start with a runaway train, otherwise known as Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund uh, against Red Bull Leipzig. We highlighted this last week as one of the games of the weekend. Um, we were all kind of thinking, can Dortmund turn over Leipzig? Will it be a bit of a statement victory? Uh, can Leipzig kind of get some ground back and you know really become a bit of a force in this in this title race? And the answer was Dortmund are a bit of a juggernaut. That's 10 wins in all competitions this year, in 2023. On the bounce, so 10 straight wins um, for Dortmund now. Um, goals from Marco Royce, uh, who made a bit of history, became uh, Dortmund's joint second all-time goal scorer with a penalty, and a goal from Emre Chan. Um, response from Emil Forsberg, but for me, um, I think this is the kind of victory that shows that Dortmund might just be for real. Um, because they had to do it the hard way. Leipzig came at them, threw everything at them. And I think old school Dortmund come away with a draw or maybe even worse. 
And I think it's a, it's a bit of when you can win ugly in a title race, it's always a good sign. So what were your thoughts on, on this game? And do you think that Dortmund are for real at the moment? Yeah, I think you really summed it up very good within your last two or three sentences. If you win a game like this against a direct competitor, that's champion material. So they had a very good start from my point of view. Dortmund carried by the atmosphere in Signal Iduna Park. Um, they were a little lucky with Marvin Blaswich in the Leipzig goal, had its best day. And on this day, it seemed that Dortmund has the best uh, second goalkeeper, I guess. Gregor Kobel injured himself during warm-up, and Alex Meyer had an, an incredible evening there. Catched many balls, whereas uh, Marvin Blaswich from Leipzig, he didn't look very good to me when he caused a penalty. was a bit unclever. And the goal from Jan, okay, it was a little bit uh, touched by his uh, teammates, but still wasn't looking that good and in the end if as you say if Dortmund they're they're winning games like this or like last week scoring a goal with the back of Julian Brandt and winning against Hoffenheim two dirty wins in a row and you need to grab these wins but one funny statistic I looked up before the game how many points Dortmund had after match day 23 last year what do you guess Oh, um, what are they on at the moment? Let's have a look. Because I bet it's a bit of similar. I'm going to say 47. It was exactly the same. And remember the, the atmosphere around Marco Rose and everyone was debating whether it's, he's the right coach and what the character of the team is. So basically, that they're not performing or they haven't performed better to this point this season. And it's Bayern Munich who dropped the points. And that's still. What I say, at least until uh, after the national break, when they face each other, that Bayern Munich is determined, the determining point in that uh, yeah, race for the title. Yeah, yeah, um, good point on Bayern Munich, and we will come to them in a minute. Um, just a word on Leipzig, um, because when you look at the overriding the stats from the game, um, you know you can never read too much into stats, because at the end of the day, the only stat that matters is that. Dortmund had two goals, Leipzig only had the one. But when you look at it, um, Leipzig had more possession, uh, more shots on goal. Um, we don't, we're not big fans of XG here at Mad Sports Network, but their XG was 2.45 compared to Dortmund's 1.24. Um, and it just goes to show that, as we said before, you know, winning ugly. Leipzig will come away from this feeling very disappointed. And do you think that this is? a massive dent in their title aspirations are they out of it now or is it a case of they're still in good form they played well other days they would have picked up three points i think they're out of the title race at least public publicly they will never state in the next weeks that they're looking forward or they're looking up to spot number one and two in the, in the bundesliga table seven points is a lot especially if it's bayern munich on top and dortmund in this form so I guess Leipzig will focus at the moment on maybe grabbing a result over at Man City. It's everything open. And of course, on securing the Champions League for the next season. And they still have a cup to play. I believe they're in the quarterfinal. So it's crunch time from now on. I guess they'll have many more targets or more primary targets than winning the Bundesliga this season. Yeah, yeah, I think, they, I think they'll be okay for top four. Uh, the Man City game, I'm not too sure about. Um, but maybe they could bring home another cup. Uh, moving on, um, let's move on to the other team that are squarely in this title race. We mentioned them before, and that's Bayern Munich, obviously. 
kind of a title race without Bayern Munich. Um, they were 2-1 victors away at Stuttgart. And not as easy as people may have thought going into this. Um, Stuttgart did make a game of it, but ultimately Bayern a bit too strong. Goals from uh, Matthias De Ligt and, of course, Eric uh, Chupo. Oh, Eric Maxim Chupomotingdowski, um, the 10th goal of the season, celebrating his one-year contract extension. Um, and then a reply from Perea with his first goal in the Bundesliga. Um, could have been a bit different. Had the early chance where Jan Sommers kind of flapped across. Um, if Mavropanis, his header would have gone in rather than delict saving it off the line. Could have been a different game, but ultimately, comfortable win for Bayern Munich. Um, is there anything that you would you saw from Bayern that kind of made you think perhaps they're back. I know um, Coman's been on great form recently. Um, Marnie's back from injury. Is this a, is this a case of Bayern are about to go on a bit of a run, or do you still think there's something missing at Bayern at the moment? Kind of both, because Bayern is still grabbing results. That's that's a Bayern Munich star. But looking at the last five to ten minutes, they they are sometimes like they're not getting the job done completely. Usually they would put the game to bed, make a third goal, and what happened is that Stuttgart scores the uh, yeah the first goal and is just like throwing everything forward, trying to maybe score the equalizer, and it was quite tight in the end. And that's not really the Bayern Munich star. They're not um, not focused enough sometimes, and that's from my point of view the reason why they dropped points in the Bundesliga. So last time at this uh, last year at this uh, time they had 55 points, six points more. Which would which is a comfortable gap to second spot, but um, I guess they'll drop points in the next weeks as well, and we'll see how Dortmund will react to that. If Dortmund is able to keep up the pace, grab some wins, or grab all the wins like they do so yeah. far. Yeah, they they will need to continue on that rich vein of form. But I, I think now it, we can safely say that this is going to be a two-horse race. Um, the other side who were. There are thereabouts is Union Berlin, who have looked a bit shaky um, since the turn of the year. Um, maybe it's a case of too many fixtures catching up with them. Um, what do you think is going wrong at Union Berlin at the moment? They were held nil-nil at home to Cone. Didn't really ever look like scoring. Neither team did, to be honest. It was quite a boring game. Um, neither team looked like they had much quality going forward. What Can you put your finger on what's happened at Union? Because at one stage, they were flying. Yeah, I believe, and and I I guess you agree with that that they were a bit overperforming so far. I mean they they're doing great. They have a solid defense. They score their goals. They're very efficient. But if your game relies on a solid defense, and you don't have this maximum efficiency up front, it can happen that there's a nil-nil draw or you lose one nil or one two at some points, and suddenly the results change. I'm still convinced that uh, Union Berlin is able to secure a Champions League spot this season, but yeah, to carry on the way they did would have been quite unbelievable for me. So I guess it's getting a little bit back to normal for them. But still, the position where they are, this is great. It's like a miracle for the whole club, for the fans, for the players. So yeah. no one should be sad or disappointed. They should always just focus on the next match, trying to get three points and get one step closer to the end of the season and to qualifying for the Champions League for the first time. Yeah, we, we can't overlook just how crazy this Union Berlin story is for them to even be considered 
you know, to be five points off the top of the table at this stage of the season is incredible. Uh, it's an incredible achievement for the club. And the fact that we're um, talking about, you know, they're, they're falling off a little bit and they're third in the table. It's just an incredible, incredible turn of events. Um, so fair play to them. And I hope I hope they can get over the line and get in that top four and get into the Champions League. And I think if they do get in the Champions League, they will surprise quite a few teams. I think there'll be uh, um, a team that perhaps some fans who aren't necessarily up to date with the Bundesliga uh, may see that as a favorable, favorable draw until the day of the game. Uh, and then they have to go to Berlin. They may see things differently. Um, but that's the top of the table. We won't really focus too much on Cologne because nothing happens. They're a bit mid-table. Um, Appreciate that. Mediocrity. And yeah, obviously, you're not a big fan of them. So we'll just kind of skate past that. And we'll go towards the bottom of the table. And there were two massive games this weekend. Um, we spoke about the one at the top of the table. But I suppose we also have to talk about the one at the bottom of the table. I don't really want to play this, but we kind of have to. Because <laughs> it's yeah, this it's... time of the show. Yeah, they're they're kind of ruining this section of the show for us. Um, Schalke are actually pretty good at the moment, as I think you could say. Um, Big game away to Bochum, um, big bottom of the table clash, and they've come out 2-1 victors um, with a little bit of help, a little bit of help along the way. Um, One of the worst own goals I've ever seen. So let's start on Bochum while we're here, because last week we all had a laugh about how bad they were at defending a free kick. And how how could you possibly top that for comedic value? Well, if you've not seen it, go ahead and watch the highlights of this game and see the own goal from Manuel uh, Ryman. Um, what what was he doing? What happened there, Flo? Riemann, he's like some kind of crazy player. I mean, that's, that's also his biggest strength because he's not, not afraid of anything, but sometimes he's just overreacting. In this situation, he wanted to save the world on its own, trying to, I don't know, scratch the ball somehow from, from the line. But with a little bit more thinking, he would have seen that his uh, player was just about to kick the ball away. And he's quite lucky, or was quite lucky, that the uh, defender didn't do it. Otherwise, he'd be a head short. It'd be the same height so, as Gav Mack. <laughs> possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Mistakes like this you you may not do in the uh, in the bottom of the table, especially not if it's, it's if it's a derby day against uh, your big rival who's just a couple of kilometers away from you. And these these are two teams who are not very good at playing football, and it's it's all about fighting and defending. If you if you're one nil behind in a, in a game like this, this is yeah kind of determining. Mm. Yeah, so a 2-0 victory for Schalke, who keep yet another clean sheet. Um, defensively, they've been brilliant over the last six or seven games. Uh, a yet another clean sheet for them. Um, and another goal for, for the ball. The thing is, um, they, they have five clean sheets in the last six games and still have the second worst goal difference in the Bundesliga. Well, I mean, we can't kind of look past how bad they were at the beginning of the yeah. year, at the beginning of the season. Um the, the fact that they're no longer on the bottom of the table is a miracle in itself. If they actually manage to stay up, it, it will be something that they could celebrate for years to come. Um, 
But let's let's talk about um, the bottom of the table before we move on to uh, some of the other sides that are, you know, occupying those spaces. And I don't know if you could get much tighter than this. Um, when you look at the table, the side who are now bottom is Bochum um, on 19 points. And if you go up to Hertha in 14th, they're on 20 points. There's one point separating, um, you know, five sides at the bottom of the table. Uh, it's quite an incredible relegation battle at the moment. Um, and it's going to be quite enjoyable to see who can get out of that. But focusing on the two teams that we've just spoken about, we had a briefing at the end of the, end of the show last last week where um, we all kind of said who we think is going to get relegated. We all said Bochum. Nothing that we would have seen this week would change that. But have we seen something from Schalke that makes us think, yeah, the, these guys might just pull it off. They might just stay, stay out of trouble. Yeah, I mean, they started scoring goals. Even it was from set piece, the second goal. They uh, Obviously, they scored last week because they won the match. And it's their first, or it was their first away win after 38 consecutive games in the Bundesliga away. So the last away win was before the pandemic. Imagine that. <laughs> it was when Boris record. Johnson was there was three prime ministers ago in England. To be fair, that that could have been, <laughs> yeah, be yeah. been just a few weeks. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> okay, moving on um to some more relegation candidates. Um and let's look at lowly Hoffenheim. Um we all said last week too much individual. Uh, talent for Hoffenheim to go down. Um, they lost 1-0 away to Mainz. Mainz have been, if you look at the form guide, I think they're the second best side um, in the league at the moment behind Dortmund. Um, so it's not an easy place to go. We all, we all love both Svensson here at Mad Sports Network. Um, but what struck me when I watched the highlights of this was just how toothless Hoffenheim looked. They looked like they had no. They could have played out there for three days and they wouldn't have scored. There was nothing about them that made you think that they were dangerous to Mainz. What needs to be done at Hoffenheim for them to actually save themselves? It, it sounds a little bit harsh, but but maybe it's sacking the coach. I mean, it's Pellegrino's fourth game, fourth loss. And time is of the essence at the moment. It's only 11 match days left until the end of the season. And I think that they have next week's match and the week after that, and then it's national break. And if they don't grab any results on their way until the national break, they have to, to sack Pellegrino Matarazzo because it's obviously it's not working the way they want it. Hoffenheim can't allow the, themselves to go in the second Bundesliga because the club already is suffering a massive loss of uh, spectators after the corona pandemic. They never had a big fan base because it's just like a small village who came to Bundesliga with the money of uh, Dietmar Hopp, SAP founder, who just played a little bit uh, football manager real life by himself with his uh, little pocket money. And uh, they're doing great in the case of Youth Academy and they're doing good things in the whole region. But if they relegate, they have a stadium with 30,000 capacity and maximum 
six or seven thousand watching the games and this will be death of the club so yeah. i'd say no results sack pellegrino matarazzo although i think he's a very good coach i think he did a good job at stuttgart and he he was a victim of the transfer policy that they are always selling their best players and replacing them with worse players just to save some money but this is like a situation which could um, end his career if he's not grabbing up results so the pressure is really high yeah yeah it's, it's sometimes you know a good coach bad situation um it's not necessarily a indictment of his talents i think he's a good coach i think you know it, it may just be a case of leave this job secure yourself another job and you know go and show what you can do um but yeah tough times ahead for hoffenheim um mites on the other hand flying uh doing very well um both fenson i think deserves a lot of credit they're up to seventh um four points off of frankfurt in the european places um We'll come on to Frankfurt in a bit, but I just want to stay at the bottom of the table um, and we'll go to uh, your boys who aren't at the bottom of the table, but they put an absolute beating on Hertha Berlin who were very much at the wrong end of the table. Um, we'll start with Hertha Berlin and then we'll come to your boys um, because I was very impressed by your boys in, in, in this game. Um, Hertha Berlin, look like they had no idea of how to stop Musa Diaby or anything down that right-hand side, really, um, just completely just got penetrated every time uh, down that flank. Um, didn't really look like they had much of an idea going forward either. Poor penalty is where they got their goal, Ludabaka from the penalty spot. Again, I think that's his 10th goal of the season. Quite a few of them have been from the penalty spot. Um, outside of him, there's been no other real bright spot for Hertha Berlin this season. Um, you know, I asked the same question with Hoffenheim. What do Hertha Berlin need to do? What is it that they can do to get themselves out of this rut? Because they're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, they need to pray that everyone else continue like this. <laughs> everyone who is uh, lower than them in the Bundesliga table. It's, um, it was such a horrible sight, Hertha Berlin yesterday. And I would say every other club in the Bundesliga, except maybe the clubs which are beneath them, would have battered them on this day. It was you had the, the feeling that they didn't want to be there on the pitch somehow. It was so easy. It was welcoming for Leverkusen squad. It was uh, family day at the Bay Arena with reduced prices and family program and uh, I don't know games and all this stuff around the stadium for children. So this was kind of the perfect match for a family. Yeah, for a family trip, going to the stadium. Seeing a comfortable 4-1 win, many goals, cool situations. Hertha Berlin was the perfect guest. But if they continue yeah, like this, then that was wise. a bit more mean. Yeah, That was a wise choice. So goals from Asmoon, um, who just crossed the line. Uh, but yeah, it was clearly the right decision. Uh, Frimpong, Diaby, and then Adli from off the, bre off the bench. Um, it's good to see Asmoon getting amongst the goals. Um, I think that's a good sign for you guys. DRB coming back to form, Verts starting the game and looking um, sharp. Um, do you do you see this as kind of a launch pad for Leverkusen's season? Um, having Verts back, keeping DRB fit, Asmir getting amongst the goals, as we said. Or do you think that this could be a bit of a false dawn just because of how bad Hertha Berlin were? Um, I'd rather fancy the first thing because 
and now everyone's getting the well we had a positive trend before like the win away at monaco first time they ever won an away match in a european competition or qualified for the next round after losing the first leg at home then afterwards a good game in freiburg where everyone expected them to like relax and uh, prepare themselves for the next uh, european task but now they're kind of getting in the mood and uh, i don't see why this should end at least next week it's it's bremen away in between it's uh, budapest at home in the first leg then it's budapest away and then the last match before the national breaks by munich that's quite a bummer but um, at least afterwards you can regroup and uh, focus on the next match days knowing you already played by munich and maybe some of the opponents have to play them and can lose some points against them yeah i think um it's looking up for for xavi alonso and and for leverkusen if you could keep your players fit i think that's a big thing for you guys keep keep some key guys fit uh, and let's see how far up the table you can get yourselves um we were discussing the bottom of the table and there's a team that i think have pulled themselves away from that whole battle and that's augsburg uh, who were 2-1 victors at home to Werder Bremen. Uh, goals from Bejo and Arne Meyer with a Jens Stager uh, goal sandwiched in between. Um, just again, looking at the stats on this, Werder Bremen, more shots, almost double the shots that Augsburg had, um, almost double the possession, um, doubled the corners. Um, it, it just goes to show that you have to be clinical and uh, I think sometimes Werder Bremen struggle with that uh, outside of Nico Fulkrug um, and, and Dutch, they struggle with uh, being clinical in front of goal. Um, let's start with Augsburg though. Do you think now this is a thing where they could kind of put the relegation battle behind them? Yeah, it's, it's eight points for them. And the teams are very bad at the bottom of the table. But I don't... I'm not sure that Augsburg is having more than 40 points in the, at the end of the season. But I'm quite sure that maybe even 30 points is enough to uh, stay in the Bundesliga. Because I don't know where, they, where the other teams are going to grab the points at the moment. So they have quite a, a good position and they can look forward to every game, go into the games without pressure, but knowing at some points we need to win. That's maybe the difference to Werder Bremen two years ago when they thought themselves, okay, we are, we are safe now and we're just focusing on the next season. I remember me saying here exactly the same about Bremen, that they're like, they're done with it. They're focused on the next season. They can put some young talents in the squad and let's see how they develop. And Augsburg is not going to do this. They're just getting the job done because they know it's vital for them to play Bundesliga and all the players know it's vital for them because that's maybe the only club where they can pursue their careers. So I guess they will grab some unexpected results every now and then and finish exactly on the same spot as they are right now. Yeah. Well, let's just remind ourselves that Gav Mack had them as dark horses to qualify for Europe. Um, we'll just put that one in there. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, but a team that is going to qualify for Europe, and I'm pretty sure of it, is Freiburg. Um, who had a nil-nil draw away to Borussia Mönchengladbach. You know Mönchengladbach were at home because they didn't lose. Um, but a bit of a boring game. Uh, just one or two you know, talking points. I think they're a huge 
missed by Allison Player, um, who really should have scored the one real good chance that they had. Um, uh, apparently, that was uh, given and then overturned by um, the referee once he had a look on the on the screen. What do you think of that penalty incident? Do you see, um, you know, Turam uh, allegedly diving to win the penalty. Um, it looked like there was very, very, very minimal contact. But for me, I think the referee made the right decision there. For me, it looked like there was no contact at all and that Turam just wanted to do the dive and, uh, I don't know, get his penalty somehow. I don't understand why players are doing this in times of uh, video assistant mm. because normally, if if it works correctly, the video assistant, uh, yeah, it, it would intervene and say, okay, it's not a, a clear mistake or it's not a clear foul, so you can't give the penalty, it's not, not enough. But you never know with VAR. What is a bit of shame for me is that the referee didn't give him a yellow card. Because I, but maybe I'm a hardliner in that. I'm, I just don't like this uh, whole idea of diving from players. Of course, you can call them clever. But if I were a striker, I would always try to pursue uh, the way to the goal. Yeah. And if I'm through, I'm through and rather have a shot on target than getting a penalty somehow. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, this is what upsets me about officials is, you know, the rule state, if you're found diving, then it's, it's a yellow, it's a bookable offence. Yeah. So by judging that not to be a penalty, you clearly know the player dived. There should be a yellow there. Um, and I think you look at players like Marco Royce, when he won that penalty, he was trying to score when he went down. He was still trying to kick the ball in the back of the net. Um but, yeah, obviously it was a penalty. He was fouled, but he didn't make a meal of it. He was actually trying to score. You know, he went down because of the contact, got the penalty and scored from the spot. But I think one thing that doesn't help is sometimes you do get referees where it is a foul, and if you don't throw yourself to the floor, they don't give it to you. So I think it encourages players to feel a little bit of contact to throw themselves on the floor. But it infuriates me um, seeing players like Turam um, who's a big physical guy, you know, he's not a, a small man. You can't knock him off the ball easily, throw himself to the floor like that. Um, the other talking point in the game was the red card for Ben Sapiani, um, who picked up two yellow cards in the space of about 10 seconds, uh, both for forms of descent, kicking the ball away, the first one, which I'm not sure if he kicked it away that far. I mean, it looked like he just kind of kicked it towards it the touchline. Like passing it away, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, obviously sarcastically clapping the referee and getting him, getting himself sent off. Just stupidity from a very experienced player. Yeah, but the biggest stupidity was what happened on his way to the dressing rooms. I don't know if you saw it or even I didn't see that. heard it. That, that, that's the, I believe that's the more. So what did he do? He, he, uh, he clearly. I think I've lost you there, Flo. I'm losing you. We'll have to we'll have to revisit this story next week, Flo. Um, while you try to sort out your technical you issues, there, Flo. What, what happened? I can hear you now. I don't know. It just kind of went weird. You started talking in robotics. <laughs> I, I, it was, was uh, my my whole screen was just just went frozen. 
And I was like, okay, I just put in a big monologue. What's happening here? Okay, where, where did you, where did I stop? Um, when he when he left the pitch, that's as far as we got. Oh yeah, he he, he left the pitch and he um, he shouted towards the referee and could be clearly heard or, or was catched by the by the microphones around him that he said to him, uh, "Fils de pute." And it just said everyone who's uh, a bit familiar with French, with the French language, knows that it means um, "son of a bitch." So that's that's even more unclever than the two yellow, yellow cards that were dumped, and that's like the like the cherry on the icing. Yeah. Okay. Say something like this with all the microphones around it. Before it would have been just like a one-game miss, but like this whole behavior. I think it should be at least four or five games because it's just a bad role model for everyone. And yeah. behavior like this turns out to go or tickles its way down to the lower leagues and might be even worse over there. Not talking about uh, the children playing football and seeing players like this. Yeah, you have to send out the right message. So I'm with you on that one, Flo. So we've got one last game to, uh, to speak about, uh, and that is the Battle of the X's is what I like to call it. Wolfsburg versus Frankfurt. Um, obviously, Niko Kovac, um, manager of Wolfsburg, who obviously used to coach Frankfurt, and Oliver Glasner at Frankfurt, who obviously used to coach Wolfsburg. And typically, it was a draw. Um, Wolfsburg took the lead through Omar Marmouche, who had about 25 years to pick his spot and finish that one off. Um, and then a equalizer for Colin Mawani, which I thought was a brilliant header, a really strong header at the far post. Uh, and then Evan and Dicker, which with a goal which I think is probably our only Galazzo of the day. So, yeah. Galazzo! A great finish from uh, the center half there of his left foot. Caught that so sweetly on the half volley. Um, Castile did get his hand to it, but absolutely no chance of saving that one. Um, probably would have broke his fingers uh, if he would have caught anything more on it. Um, and then uh, header from Gearhart uh, just before the halftime, 43rd minute, making it 2-2, uh, to which it finished that score. Um, Frankfurt doing okay, yeah. they're in European places. Uh, you expect them to stay there. Wolfsburg pushing on trying to get themselves up the table um just a quick word on these two teams how do you think freiburg will finish up do you think they'll be able to get themselves into the champions league places or are we looking at a europa league or europa uh, conference league you mean the uh, freiburg or frankfurt frankfurt sorry okay that's um, the competition they belong they're like the German FC Sevilla in a, in a different way. So Sevilla loves the Europa League for winning, mm. and Frankfurt loves the Europa League for celebrating <laughs> and occasionally with purpose. Well, I mean, they won it last year. Belong at the moment again. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. They did win it last year. They surprised a lot of people. Um, and I think they've got a very good team there. But um, Wolfsburg, I think they've got a lot of talent in that team. And if they can put together a run, they could push for those European places as well. Um, right. So 
let's move on to next week's fixtures then because there are some big games coming up we'll just run through them starting with the friday night fixture your favorite team cone at home to bochum um big game for bochum uh you really need to start putting some wins together to kind of um get themselves out of trouble on to the saturday fixtures by munich at home to augsburg leipzig at home to push and watch Gladbach. frankfurt at home to stuttgart Hertha Berlin at home to Mainz. And then the late kickoff is the big one. Schalke at home to Dortmund. Um, can Schalke maintain this upturn in fortunes or will Dortmund make it 11 wins in a row at the hands of their fierce rivals? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute once I've gone through the rest of the fixtures. Uh, Freiburg on Sunday on the early kickoff. Uh, Freiburg at home to Hoffenheim. Uh, followed by Werder Bremen at home to your boys Leverkusen and then wrapping things up with Wolfsburg at home to Union Berlin. Um, Schalke versus Dortmund. What do we think is going to happen in this game? First of all, I think it's a great success for Schalke that we're talking about the game. Like, that there is an opportunity Schalke maybe could <laughs> get a result. I really don't know. It's a derby and they have their own rules. It's like home match for Schalke. So the stadium will be just fuming, burning. There will be so much electricity in the air. And Schalke have proven that they can keep a clean sheet in the last uh, six days, six match days. So oh, very difficult uh, task for Dortmund. But if Dortmund is able to win this game, it's like another... Uh, explanation mark or explanation point to show yeah we we have seriously we're in for business this, this year i'm really looking forward to that to that match just for the intensity and uh, everything else and yeah i think, I think it'll be a great game and i think schalke coming into this with a bit of confidence i think is huge uh you know i think for the as you said derby games the form book can go out of the window um I think Schalke will be quietly confident at home. I think the fans will be absolutely raucous. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you know, if Schalke get themselves an early goal, that it might just become a bit, you know, the fans will really be on, on Dortmund's back. Uh, and it might just become a thing of, you know, um, warfare rather than a game of football, you know. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see. I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and say it's going to be a draw. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a draw um, but yeah either way I think it'll be a great game of football I just hope it remains that you know 11 players versus 11 I hate derby games where you know a red card's given in the first half or something just ruins the game um, but there we go so that's it for episode 23 uh, we'll be back next week Monday at 10pm uh, for more Bundesliga football action um, on the bottom of your screen Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash Mad Sports Network. And of course, hit the notification bell and smash the like button on our videos. Hit the like. This is good content we're giving you. And if you don't like to watch us, if you're afraid of looking at handsome men on your screen, then you can listen to our beautiful voices on a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we are there. Just search Die Bundesliga Show, and that's Die as in D-I-E, Bundesliga Show. We will be back next week. 
thank you once again, Florian, for chopping it up with me today. Uh, always a pleasure speaking to you about German football. And um, we will be back, as I said, next week. Peace out. Good night. Bye -bye. Auf Wiedersehen.